is going on, everybody? It is I, the franchise, one half of the Royal Club Wrestling Podcast. All I can say, all I can say is. What do you guys want to talk about? There's so much that we need to get into today. I'm recording this on Wednesday. Hopefully, I can get this out before dynamite hits the airwaves. I have my notes. (laughs) I have my notes again. Just showing y'all that, like, I have been documenting everything that has been going on since Sunday night. Where where should I begin? Where do where do we start? There's so much. Where exactly do we start? So let's dive into. I want to just quickly um, recap. This is, as you can tell, this is a solo episode. Um, I did speak with the ace that runs the place, and this is how we're going to do this these next few episodes. Okay, so this right here is. My solo, as you can, as I've already stated, I'm probably going to do another solo later on this week. And then next week, me and the ace will be back together to do another Royal Club with the both of us. I'm pretty sure he might be doing a solo one, too. Um, I was speaking to him earlier today because we did discuss if we wanted to do this um, together, but scheduling conflicts, things like that, and I, he was like, "Yo, bro, you have, you have all the information, you have all your notes, you have everything kind of squared away. What you wanted to do, go ahead, do do a solo one. Um, I think he's going to end up doing a solo one too because he asked me to send over my outline and notes." And I think he and he told me he was listening to some stuff, getting his information. So I think he's going to do a solo one as well. And then collectively, we're going to come together to discuss this matter at hand because literally we're count we're, te- we're counting down. We're counting down till Dynamite. Dynamite is actually here in Buffalo. I'm not actually going to the show. I can still technically go, but I'm not going to go. Um, but I am going to be very locked in on Dynamite and the events that are going to come up after Dynamite. I mean, between now and 8 o'clock, a lot can happen. You know, one of the things that I stressed out on was I'm really interested because I know Busted Open, I know Tony has his segment on Busted Open when they interview him. Um, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen with him being interviewed, if he's going to be interviewed today. And if he does, what is he going to say? You know, is he going to release a statement saying that the following have been suspended? Someone has been let go. What exactly are we going to hear from Tony Khan if he's going to be on Busted Open? So I'm anticipating that. Um, But before we get into the 
Before we get into what we really need to talk about, I want to talk about the weekend in itself, you know, because a lot of us wrestling fans kind of, you know, we're not focusing on the events. We're not focusing on Clash at the Castle. We're not focusing on um, NXT Worlds Collide or All Out. We are more focused on what happened after All Out during the AEW scrub. Um, So with that being said, I'm just going to do a quick recap of the weekend i'm gonna give y'all my favorite matches from each show my favorite um moments of each show and then we're going to dive into what everybody's been talking about so clash at the castle was saturday afternoon um by far my favorite show of the year for the wwe Um, I said that they have right now Clash at the Castle was number one, SummerSlam is two, and then WrestleMania is three. I'm not going to say WrestleMania night one or night two was three. I'm just going to say the weekend that was WrestleMania is, to me, the third. Um, Really, like, the whole event itself at Clash at the Castle was very WrestleMania-like, and it makes me wonder at one at what point are they going to give us a WrestleMania overseas? I know they did it with SummerSlam, but we never got a WrestleMania overseas. Toronto, okay, but I'm talking about, like, you know, in Wales, where they were for Clash at the Castle. Um, my favorite match... Seth freaking Rollins versus Matt Riddle tore it down. And Gunther versus Sheamus is a strong second. It's like 1B. And Seth Rollins and Riddle is 1A. Like, they tore that match down. They tore the house down. I feel those if we all know that there's going to be a a part two to Matt Riddle and... um, Seth Rollins, uh, the crowd, the way the crowd was just singing along with Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins coming out as Rocket Man, uh, just that match really told the story of the two of them. And if you didn't catch it, Seth Rollins was interviewed by Ariel from BT, uh, BT Wrestling, um, and he basically confirmed and spoke about his issues that he had with uh, Riddle, where it stemmed from, what caused it. He did all that. He, he discussed these matters. Um, so then we also had um, Gunther, like I said, Gunther versus Sheamus. We had Imperium. You know, they are back together. Giovanni Vinci. Uh, he's back with Imperium. Glad to see them back together. Um, just starting to notice with the WWE that they're leaning towards trios. I mean, I know um, Judgment Day is now or foursome, but just starting to see that trios is starting to become more of a trend now with the WWE. Obviously, New Day. At one point, it was Undisputed Era. Uh, at one point, it was the bloodline, but now the bloodline has gotten bigger with the addition of um, 
Solo Sokoa. So you're starting to see this more. I don't think they're ever going to come out with a trios belt like AEW did because I don't think the WWE will do that. But you are seeing that trios are more starting to be more formed in the WWE. Um, and then my third favorite match of the night, obviously, was the Universal Undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship. Um, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. The story of the night going into that match was how the bloodline was not there and the wise man wasn't there. And we got to see Roman kind of not himself, you know, and um, but a bloodline member did show up, Solus Koa did show up and um help Roman Reigns win the title. And I know that a lot of fans, a lot of people in the wrestling universe is kind of like we're tired of Roman, we're sick of seeing Roman. Why is all this happening? Like all this, but I'm looking at it like that's what makes Roman Roman. You 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 create this 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 heat, and like I said in the prediction show, the ultimate fuck you to the fans and the ultimate fuck you to Drew McIntyre in Wales is having Roman Reigns beat Drew McIntyre in his backyard. It's ultimate. It's the ultimate nuclear heat because. Roman, that's what Roman does. So a lot of people are wondering, okay, what's going to happen now? You know, there's there's reports out there that Roman is not going to be, his next premium live event appearance is going to be in November for Crown Jewel, I believe it is, in, in Saudi. That's the case, and that's the case. I mean, but you got to understand that in the past, I would have been upset with this. But now with Triple H, head of creative, he's putting more emphasis on the mid-card titles. We're finally, we're going to see why the mid-card titles is so prestige, why these mid-card titles are so valuable, you know? And it's going to give other people opportunities to shine, to shine, to showcase their ability, to showcase their talent. So a lot of, a lot of the wrestling community, a lot of us, and I say us because... I talk collectively. Um, we're upset, but at the end of the day, look at what it's paving the way for. You know, we're getting more people being there, but there's still everybody's still going after Roman. You see Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is still talking about, I still want a piece of Roman Reigns. So definitely something that we're going to look forward to. Um. Worlds Collide, my favorite match from Worlds Collide was Carmelo Hayes versus Ricochet for the North American title. I know that when we recorded the prediction show, um, at the time we only had two matches. Obviously, on Tuesday, uh, last Tuesday, NXT, you got more. We got um, the North American title on the line. We got the... Um, tag team unification match announced. We had Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. versus um, the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Caden uh, Cardell, or I don't Caden Carter and um, I've got the other girl, Ricochet's ex-girlfriend. I'm sorry, I blanked down on her name. But um, we had that match announced. So with those other matches added to this card, we knew that was going to happen. Um, I had to go with the opening. It left with a banger. Uh, 
seeing Ricochet and Carmelo Hayes in the ring doing what they do best definitely was a treat to see. Um, but I knew that Carmelo Hayes was going to win. There was no chance that Ricochet was going to win the North American title and go back to NXT when I think he's about to get a, a push in the, on the main roster. All Out, favorite match of All Out, AEW All Out, Swerve in Our Glory versus The Acclaim. Something that we've never seen really in wrestling as much as or as often is the crowd turn. You know, the crowd started to be more for the acclaim than they were for Swerve in Our Glory. And you started to see that where a lot of people are were asking, you know, hey, are you going to call an audible? You know, that was a question that was asked during the scrum. Um, and a lot of people were wondering, is they are they going to do something because they're seeing how much of a change this has come with the acclaim now becoming this juggernaut of a team and they are getting over with the crowd at all out. Are they going to do something like that? Obviously, um, the big show that's going on in, on in Arthur Ashe Stadium, um, a lot of people feel that's going to be when the acclaim is going to win the tag team titles or they're going to win the tag team titles at Full Meadow um, because it's in the Jersey area, so a lot of people feel that way. Um, kind of give them the hometown um, reception. So favorite moments... Favorite moments. Clash at the Castle, obviously, is going to be the crowd. Love the crowd. Like I said earlier, the crowd, the the atmosphere, the, the excitement that the crowd gave us was WrestleMania level. Um, one of my biggest moments that I, that, I, that I took from that is when Edge came out. And the crowd sung Edge's song, word for word. Never seen that before. Never have I seen, I mean, he's, when he went to Toronto, the crowd didn't sing his song, you know, but being there and seeing that crowd sing along with his theme music, never seen it before, probably will never see it again unless they go back there or overseas. Um, we finally got Dominic turning on his father, turning on Edge, and joining Judgment Day. Um, something that we've been waiting for for the longest. Glad to see that that happened because, you know, it was only a matter of time. I liked how they're doing this. Um, the one thing that I would want to see with this storyline to really, like, dig, because obviously the crowd is chanting, you know, Eddie's son, Eddie's son. They was chanting on Raw. Rhea's making little references to Eddie and, you know, um, what Poppy wants, Poppy gets, and all types of little stuff. I remember she had the Eddie Guerrero, I'm your Poppy shirt on at one point in time when they were going back and forth. It would be interesting to have Dominic kind of like after they beat, uh, after they beat Rey Mysterio down for Dominic to grab Rey like grab him by his mask and say, you know, I wish that Eddie was my father and not you and throw him down on the floor. Like that right there will pull 
it would tug because it's like, damn, like it goes back to the Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio storyline. You know, it, it tugs on that, it tugs on that. Um, so yeah, that's that. And then uh, obviously Solo uh, joining, making his main roster debut and joining the bloodline. Um, it's only a matter of time. And I was thinking about this, like, so obviously he's going to need some gold because you can't come to the bloodline and not have gold. So is he going to do something where he's going to end up unifying the mid-card titles? That'll be kind of interesting to see. Um, and then obviously if he does unify the mid-card titles, everybody's going to have a fucking connection. So, okay. <laughs> um, best moment of Clash of Worlds Collide. We got to give credit. We got to give her her flowers. Mandy Rose, no pun intended because that's her last name. Mandy Rose is one of my MVPs of this year. She's one of my, she's my, she probably might be my woman's MVP. If not my woman's MVP, she might end up being my woman's most improved because what she's been doing in the in, in NXT, what she's been doing with Toxic Attraction, and the fact that she has unified the women's title, you know, the women NXT women and the NXT UK women's title, unprecedented. You know, love this character, love how she's, you know, she has improved in the ring and has done better her character her her talk, her mic skills, everything that she's doing is just is is it's oozing. It's what I, I think this is what like we probably wanted to see. And they're taking the fact that she's, you know, I mean, looks alone top five and made it something. They didn't just say like, okay, she has the looks, but now she's put in the work. She's she's improved in the ring. She's improved on the mic. So Mandy Rose winning and unifying the women's title definitely is my moment on NXT. And all out. It was the return of this man right here. It was the return of MJF. I will say... If I was creative, if I was returning MJF, I would have done it differently. I would not have had him come out to get the ring or to, to, to get the casino chip. I wouldn't have done that. I would have had Stokely get the chip, say, you know, I'm representing the Joker. You know, I'm representing the Joker and... You will find out who the Joker is later, you know, whatever, just something like that. And then when CM Punk won, and then you have that whole thing go off, because I will say this, and this goes into what we're about to dive into, CM Punk, when CM Punk returned, I don't think I've never heard a crowd react like when CM Punk returned. But when MJF revealed himself to be the Joker, the crowd went ape shit. 
And I honestly think if they did not show the Joker, if they didn't show him come out, get the chip, but they they waited, I, I compare it to a volcano. They come out, he gets the chip. He says what he says. Hey, I'm representing the Joker. The Joker wanted me to come get this chip for y'all, or get this chip for him. Y'all will see who the Joker is later when he wants to be revealed. Boom. After seeing Punk once, turn the lights off, do the same thing, same promo, cut the, cut the voicemail. Cut that voicemail. The crowd is erupting like the volcano. The lava is like bubbling. It, it's starting. It's starting. Then they play the, the CM Punk clip. You know, the, the greatest lie that God ever told is that the devil never existed. Boom. You see the Joker show up. You see him show up with the mask. Like, who the, who the fuck is that? But they know because you, you, you know what he's doing. And then he does that and he takes his, takes his mask off and you see the back of his head. And the minute you see the back of his head, the, the crowd is going crazy. The lava starts to shoot up. The lava starts to shoot up. And then once he says, and I am the devil, and he puts that, he puts that Burberry scarf on, boom, it's gone. It's, it's erupted. That, I think that if they would have did it that way, that crowd would have been louder for MJF than when CM Punk returned in Chicago, and they were in Chicago. So... With all that being said, what do you guys want to talk about? Let's get into it. Everybody in the wrestling community is not talking about AEW All Out. They're not talking about the return of MJF. They're not talking about Clash at the Castle. They're not talking about worlds collide everybody is talking about the scrub or the scrum AEW scrum i didn't know that was what it was referred to i'm just gonna be completely honest with you guys i just thought it was called a press conference but i guess now it's called a scrum but before i get into it i want to talk about the tale of two sides the story of Positive and negative. Good vibes and bad vibes. As you see right here, this photo is of Triple H right after Clash at the Castle doing his press conference, the WWE's scrum. You see Triple H looks healthy, looks energetic, looks happy, positive vibes coming from him. And then you see this. Tony Khan. Paranoid. Bad juju. Defensive. Angry. Annoyed. Frustrated. All these different emotions and in, in words to describe Tony Khan and where he stands and what he is actually doing right now 
is a representation of this. Now, by now, you've all heard the story. You've all read the transcripts. You've seen the video. I have clips for the for you because there's certain parts that I want to talk about that I feel needs to be addressed. CM Punk starts his... If you watched it on AEW's YouTube channel, you see the AEW sign, you see the music, you hear the music playing as, as if they're getting everybody ready for the presser. And then it starts. But it starts rather interesting because it starts with CM Punk speaking already. Don't believe me? Take a listen. When you did improv, who'd you do improv with? Hmm. Okay, so you fancy yourself a journalist. Would you say you're friends with Scott Colton? So you're not friends with him? Oh, wow. Well, that makes two of us. Okay. So... It starts off with CM Punk already talking, which left me sitting there wondering what the hell was going on. And then he proceeds to go nuclear. My point is, if you fancy yourself a journalist, even if it's for the silly world of professional wrestling, and you have journalistic integrity, people who report things mostly that are bullshit, and slanderous lies against myself. If you are friends with somebody, you blew my spot. If you're not friends with them, I apologize. But you should probably disclose who you're friends with. Um, I haven't had anything to do with Scott Colton in almost a decade. Probably wanted nothing to do with him even longer than that. It's fucking unfortunate that I have to come up here and speak on this when I'm on my time and this is a fucking business. Uh, why I'm a grown-ass adult man and I decide not to be friends with somebody is nobody else's fucking business. But my friends, if I fall backwards, will catch me. Scott Colton, I felt, never would have. My problem was I wanted to bring a guy with me to the top that did not want to see me at the top. Okay? You call it jealousy, you call it envy, whatever the fuck it is. My relationship with Scott Colton ended long before I paid all of his bills. So, backstory for those that are new to this that don't really know what the hell is going on. Scott Coleman is better known in the wrestling world, Coke Cabana. Okay, Coke Cabana, well known indie guy, loved within the WWE, loved within the wrestling world, not even WWE, they were loved in the wrestling world. Was a part of AEW, was actually a part of the Dark Order, I believe. Um, and then CM Punk returned. And when CM Punk returned, um, he got demoted, if you want to say. He went from AEW to going down to Ring of Honor. Um, a lot of people feel, though, as if, and this is where Punk had started lashing out at people, lashing out at the reporters, because they were reporting that CM Punk was the reason why Colt Cabana Scott Coleman is no longer with AEW, that he got him 
fired and moved on to Ring of Honor. Now, as you are probably all aware, this is stemming from the fact that Hangman Page earlier when him and Hangman was going at it, and you're going to hear him address Hangman, made us, took a shot at CM Punk, and I guess he mentioned Hangman Page. I mean, he mentioned Colt. I don't think I had to go back, watch it. I don't recall him doing this, um, but CM Punk felt though as if he did. He took a shot. Then there was reports from... Like he said, and you'll hear he say that they were getting reports from the executive vice presidents, which everybody knows is the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. And he felt though as if they were giving them these false reports because that's their friend. And we all know Coke Cabana, you know, is friends with the Young Bucks, you know, all this. They're really close with them. He's beloved in the AEW locker room. In my personal opinion, I feel those if Tony Khan may have decided to make this move to move CM Punk, I mean to move Cole Cabana out of our I mean out of AEW, moving to Ring of Honor, because originally he was going to get rid of him, but then the Young Bucks told him, Hey, don't do that. You know, keep him around. We love him, whatever the case may be. And he said, Okay, I'm just gonna move him to Ring of Honor. But because of that the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega probably assumed that Punk ordered him to get fired. So, with that being said, that's what led Punk to lash out. Let's just continue. I have every receipt. I have every invoice. I have every email. I have the email where he says, and I quote, I agree to go our separate ways. I will get my own lawyer and you do not have to pay anymore. That's an email that I have. The only reason the public did not see is because when I finally had to counter sue him through discovery, we discovered he shared a bank account with his mother. That's a fact. <sighs> And as soon as we discovered that fact and we subpoenaed old Marsha, he sent the email, oh, can we please drop all this? Now, it's 2022. I haven't been friends with this guy since at least 2014, late 2013. And the fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't fucking manage a target, and they spread lies and bullshit and, and put into a media that I got somebody fired when I have fuck all to do with him, want nothing to do with him, do not care where he works, where he doesn't work, where he eats, where he sleeps. And the fact that I have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing. And if y'all are at fault, fuck you. If you're not, I apologize. But what did I ever do in this world to go to deserve an empty headed fucking dumb fuck like hangman Adam page to go out on national television and fucking go into business for himself for what, what did I do? Dave, what did I ever do? So, what he's referring to when he's talking about lawsuits and paying him and all this is, if you guys remember, 
when CM Punk left the WWE, he sued the WWE. Him and Cole Cabana sued the WWE um, for reasons. Um, if you don't know, go Google it uh, because it was a it was a very long lawsuit that happened. WWE countersued them and so on and so forth. Cole Cabana had him Punk on his show. And Colt and CM Punk aired out his grievances. That's when the WWE kind of sued them. Everything happened after that. And after that, Punk and Colt Cabana were no longer friends. Okay. Um, but I want to talk about the beginning and how we just jumped into this. Because everybody is like, you know, CM Punk... Because they're, they're basing everything off of the AEW recording of this. Now, I'm glad that I did not record on Monday when I wanted to, um, even yesterday. Because I wanted to make sure I gathered as much information as possible before I decided to drop this episode. Shout out to one of the wrestling podcasts that I listen to, Don Tony, DT. On DT's Twitter, he found a clip. And the clip is the first 47 seconds of the of the scrum, which is not aired on AEW's YouTube channel. I have the audio that I'm going to play for you guys. And this is what happened. The one journalist, when he talked about you, you, you label yourself as a journalist, right? The one journalist that he attacked, that he went after, is a journalist from Wrestling Inc. named Nick Hosman. Okay. Now, Nick Hosman, according to you know, listening to DT, is the journalist. That if you ever Googled his name and Coca Cabana's name, he damn near was in love with Coca Cabana and wrote everything. When when the when the lawsuit happened, after the lawsuit took place, Coca Nick Hosman was the first person that interviewed Coca Cabana as Coca Cabana was leaving the um the courtroom. Back when they back when Ring of Honor had their Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view or show, he asked about Coke Cabana being put taken down to Ring of Honor and the tension that was there was this move done because of the tension with CM Punk being in AEW. So for months on end, and this is where I defend CM Punk. This is the only time I'm defending CM Punk in this whole entire dispute is because he's looking at it like y'all are painting this narrative of me as being the villain, of me being the guy that got him fired or got him demoted. And y'all are going and y'all are running with the the rumor y'all running with the story that the elite Tony, um, the young bucks and Kenny Omega has given y'all and y'all ran with it. Y'all didn't come speak to me. Y'all didn't do any of this. Y'all just ran with it. 
So, this is the 47 seconds of CM Punk speaking with Nick Hosman, the very second the lady who's running the show points him out. Take a listen to this. Just say your name and your Cool. Hi, uh, Nick Hausman with Wrestling Inc. I'll Hi. start, Nick. Um, show of hands, who here fancies themselves as a journalist? You're a journalist, Nick? All right. I try my best. Okay. Um, um, no, real, real quick. Go ahead. Um, you still do improv? <laughs> no, not a little bit. No? No. When you did improv, who'd you do improv with? Uh, I did it with uh, uh, Scott Colton. Mm. Okay, so you fancy yourself a journalist. Would you say you're friends with Scott Colton? Uh, no, I haven't talked to Scott in some time. So you're not friends with him? Uh, no, no, Scott and I do not see eye to eye. Oh, wow. Well, that makes two of us. <laughs> My point is, if you fancy yourself a journalist, even if it's for the silly world of professional... And then that's when it goes into the scrum on AEW's channel. So CM Punk proceeds to go nuke. He proceeds to lash out and attack everybody. He he speaks on he speaks on a couple of things. I have the sound bites right here. Um, here's another one where he actually went at them. And I want you to pay attention to what he says because he brings up something, and it makes me think Tony Khan has no control. And Tony Khan is literally allowing CM Punk to do whatever the hell he wants. Listen to this. I made it really clear in Forbes, and I just want to make it clear again. Nick, It's when not his position to make it very fucking clear. There's people who call themselves EVPs that should have fucking known better. This shit was none of their business. I understand sticking up for your fucking friends. I fucking get it. I stuck up for that guy more than anybody, okay? I paid his bills until I didn't, and it was my decision not to. Yeah, but I shouldn't have no commented when Nick first said it. It's my I, fault, and I if I hadn't, it's my that. fault. It's my I fault. appreciate I should have just I'm, taken a head on because you never said anything. But I'm trying to run a fucking business. I'm trying to run a fucking business. When CM Punk said that, I took it, I took it as Punk thinks that he's running AEW. And he's saying this, he's cutting Tony Khan off. Tony Khan is trying to defuse the situation, but he's basically saying, not in my opinion, this is what I think he's saying. He's looking at Tony, like, hey, Tony, fuck you for a minute. I'm in business. I'm trying to do this. I'm the guy. Listen to what he says. This is the sign of a narcissist. Listen to this. When somebody who hasn't done a damn thing in this business jeopardizes the first million dollar house that this company has ever drawn off of my back and off of my back. He's basically saying they only are going to gross a million dollars, a hundred million dollars, whatever the number was. I've literally blanked down and forgot that number that quick, but he's going to, they're going to gross that historical number the biggest number that they had off of him not off of anybody else but off of him this goes back to something that john cena and triple h said i'm gonna play that in a minute let's go back and listen to what he has what else he has to say 
goes on national television and does that. It's a disgrace to this industry. It's a disgrace to this company. Now, we're far beyond apologies, right? I gave him a fucking chance. It did not get handled, and you saw what I had to do, which is very regrettable, lowering myself to his fucking level. But that's where we're at right now. And I will still walk up and down this hallway and say, if you have a fucking problem with me, take it up with me. Let's fucking go. And that's exactly what happened. He literally said, if you have a problem with me, take it up with me. Let's fucking go. And what happened? Apparently after CM Punk left the presser and went into his locker room, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega happened to be at the door. Now, allegedly, they kicked down the door. They knocked on the door. They were ended up being in the locker room. Words, words, exchange. Things apparently got physical. To the point that it's being reported, CM Punk threw the first punch or threw the first swing. It's being reported that I believe it is Nick Jack... Nick Jackson, who got hit with a steel chair at the hands of Ace Steel, who happens to be an agent trainer, but is also best friends with CM Punk. And I I bullshit you not, pulled and bit Kenny Omega. Pulled Kenny Omega's hair and bit Kenny Omega. Cannot make this up. You've, you've, we've, we've seen it. We've seen the reports. I said this, I said this earlier. I said, he's basically saying on my back, it's all me, this and the third. And it reminds me of these two promos that Triple H and John Cena cut right here pass you by and your excuse is that there's some sort of weird political conspiracy against you but the fact is there is no you you see you have been here for many 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 years and the night you made the most noise was ironically the night your microphone was turned silent Ah, I remember those days. Talk about change. Passionate, convicting talk of change. And then one triumphant night in Chicago when you were the victor and the universe finally said, we get change. And they were lied to. They were fooled into a false claim because change was not ice cream bars, change was not edgy television, change wasn't even new talent. All you meant by we want change is make CM Punk a star. You don't even know who CM Punk is. For that change. Oh, save me, you wanna be the catalyst as long as it benefits you. 
I am sick to death of listening to you talk to how you're doing all of this for them. Yeah, there are a lot of people out there. Maybe half of them agree with what you're saying. The other half, they don't give a damn. You know what, punk? Some of these people actually like the WWE. Some of these people dig it. They tune in every week. They love what they see. They come here to have a good time. They like it the way it is. Can it be better? Sure, it can be better. That's right, and that's my job, to make it better. But when you talk about being the catalyst for change, really what you mean is you will only accept change if it means CM Punk is on top. Because unless CM Punk is the guy, the man, that's not enough change for you. That's not really what you want. See, you're no different than anybody else that's ever been in this business, including me. We're a lot alike. We did what we had to do to get on top. The difference is, I looked everybody in the eye and told you, I'm gonna step on you, I'm gonna walk through you to get to the top. You, you don't have the balls to do it. What you did is you backdoor your way around. You try to do it by being a martyr. I will say this about CM Punk. CM Punk the wrestler, go down in history as I'll put him in the top 15. Top 15. Not in the top 10. Not in the top 5. I think he's going to go down in history as one of the biggest um, figures because of the impact and because of the stamp that he left as far as you know him leaving the WWE and then being gone for this long and his comeback. But there always seems to be this problem. And if you go back and just go do a CM Punk search on YouTube and watch videos and watch, I've within the past 72 hours, I have consumed so much and listened to so many different people who worked in ROH, who worked with him in, in WWE, who worked with him in all these different feds, and they all kind of said the same thing. Like, he has, it's all about him. He wants to be the guy. This goes into a lot of people feel those if this is why Cody left, because Cody's seen the signs, Cody's seen the writing on the wall. And he was like, I'm not going to be a part of this because I know what's going to happen. I know how this ship is going to sail. And it's going to end horribly. The question now is where do we go from here with CM Punk, Ace Steel, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega? I was speaking with the Ace earlier today and actually last night and he had informed me that apparently there's a rumor going around that hangman page has left aew i don't know if this is true i've been looking all over the internet to see if this is true i'm not seeing anything but if that's the case that's a massive blow to them and that will be the beginning that will be the signs of the beginning of the end to me for aew but as of 8.53 today, Wrestling Ops tweeted the following, and this is per 
Sports Illustrated. The punishment will be suspension for every person involved in the AEW backstage altercation after All Out on Sunday. CM Punk and Ace Steel will either be a part of those suspensions or no longer with the company by the end of Wednesday. This is what Wrestling Ops posted. This is their caption, and I'm about to read you the following statement. You can read it alongside because it's going to be right here. That was the case as Sunday night moved to Monday morning. CM Punk spoke at the post post-match press conference and took a flamethrower to the AEW locker room, laying into fellow wrestlers, specifically Hangman Page and the company's executive vice presidents, who are Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, as well as Cole Cabana. The focus of the press conference should have been on the stunning return of MJF, which I'm going to get into later, but the major plot line became nearly non-existent as Punk went entirely off script with his critiques. Once Punk exited the room, the press room, he exchanged words in the locker room with Omega in the Bucks, which led to a physical altercation. Punishment for the backstage fight Sports Illustrated has learned will include suspension for every person involved. The list of those receiving suspensions includes Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson, Pat Buck, Christopher Daniels, Michael Nakazawa, and Butler and Brandon Butler. Multiple sources have shared that Punk and A Steel will either be will either be, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Multiple sources have shared that Punk and Ace Steel will either be among those suspended or will no longer be with the company by the end of Wednesday. Punk met with Khan on Tuesday, so the two had an opportunity to discuss how that exit will be handled. If CM Punk is getting terminated, I think the days of CM Punk being in the wrestling ring is no more. I feel though as if he's not, I already had an idea that he wasn't going to be in the WWE Hall of Fame, but everything else is out the window, out the window. Um, it sucks because he is such a gifted person in the ring. Um, but like I said, he's not in my top 15. I mean, he's in my top 15. He's not in my top five. He's not in my top 10. He's in the 15. Um, great on the mic. I would say he's top five, top 10 on the mic. Top 10 on the mic. So I give him top 10. But this is unprecedented. This is something that we've never seen or dealt with before. Um, I mean, we've had our share of controversy in locker rooms. I mean, you think about the Montreal screw job, you think about Bret Hart and and Shawn Michaels and their altercation after that, Vince and him, Vince and Bret altercation. You think of so many different moments in, in wrestling history where we've had this, but nothing I think has ever been to this level. Um 
I want to give credit to where credit is due, though, and that's to one person and one person only, and that is Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, if you watch the the scrub, the scrum, Chris Jericho knew all the shit that was going on and walked in that room, handled his job, did it professionally. You couldn't tell that Jericho knew any. You couldn't tell that Jericho was rattled by anything. But the minute Chris Jericho walked up and was about to leave, you seen him tell Tony Khan, like, yo, some shit going on in the back. Like, you you need to kind of go deal with this. And let's get on to Tony Khan. So Tony Khan is attacked by CM Punk in a verbal way. CM Punk is attacking his EVPs. He's attacking one of your top babyface. And you're just, Tony Khan's just sitting there, just agreeing, nervous, rattled, whatever the case may be. This is how he, this is what he's doing. But then Tony Khan decides at the very end, the very end, he's not going to talk big and bad to CM Punk. No, 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 no. Tony Khan is going to talk big and bad to the WWE because he said the following. Given the competition that we've never faced before, this is kind of an unprecedented marker in my opinion, but it's still the, the number is the number and I have to face the competition out there. But when I compare myself to Jim Crockett Promotions this weekend, I think I got a taste of the same medicine Jim Crockett Promotions took. But I have a lot more fucking money than Jim Crockett did. And I'm not gonna get, I'm serious, I'm not gonna sit back and take this fucking shit. You think because his his whole beef was that the WWE Labor Day weekend was his weekend. It was him. He no one else can have Labor Day weekend but him. And WWE did two shows. And he got upset. And he's like, I got a taste of what Jim Crockett promotions had to deal with when they went head to head with WWE during these events, but I got a lot more money. You can have all the money in the world, but if you have a dysfunctional ass locker room and you have dysfunction, you have, you have a person in your facility who is lighting the building on fire and you have allowed him to do this. You're not going to win anything. You're going to be further down. Someone said it best. They said, I have the quote. Give me some time. I have to find it. <laughs> they said this. Feels like AEW is rapidly coming apart at the seams, which sucks because pro wrestling needs competition. I agree. I agree. That's to the point where WWE decided they were going to make competition within themselves because they didn't have competition anymore. They bought WCW and ECW out of business. So then they created competition within themselves with the brand split. Then NXT became their competition and so on and so forth. Tony better grow up fast and get his workers in line or we'll be watching the rise and fall of AEW on Peacock in about five years. He's completely right. This tweet was completely right. 
spot on. Spot on. If Tony Khan does not get control of this locker room, they're saying now he has someone, Tony Schiavone, I guess, is going to be his consultant or whatever. No. Get someone who has been in the locker room. Get someone who rolled their sleeves up and be like, you want to go? Let's go. Get someone a William Rigo. Hell, you have Mark Henry who's on Busted Open spewing all this knowledge about how he's done things and he dealt with things in the locker room and all this stuff. He did all that. He's done all that. Put him in there. Get the big show. You got Paul White. What's Paul White doing? I haven't seen Paul White since God knows how long. Get him to do something. You got Dean Malenko. You have the resources to make this situation better. And you're not. I just listened to Keeping It 100, the Conan and Disco Inferno podcast. And Conan said how this man used to come to him and tell him when he was 12 years old, he would sit there and there were, I guess there was this online thing where you can create a, a, a card, a wrestling card. And he did this. This is what he did. He is a fantasy booker. This is what I was telling the ace. This is what I've been telling y'all. The difference between Tony Khan and Triple H, they are both historians when it comes to wrestling. They are both driven. They both love the business. But Triple H puts his fanboy aside for the betterment of the business. Tony Khan is not putting his fanboy aside. He is fanboying at every aspect of what is going on. And until Tony Khan can separate business from, from pleasure, you're going to fail. I don't honestly, I know we've been back and forth. I know y'all heard, y'all done seen me go back and forth with my AEW, WWE rant, rants, and I'm so pro WWE. But I will tell y'all this much right now. I don't want to see nothing going around with AEW. I don't want to see AEW out of business because, like they said, it's competition. Competition breeds greatness. Competition breeds, yo, I need to set my game up. You see what happened. WWE, not at Triple H is back and controlling this. It's like, oh, they're competition. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We done turned up the we done turned it up. And you're seeing now that a lot of people from AEW is like, yo, I want I kind of don't want to be here no more. You see Malachi Black, he's like, yo, I want out. And that's what's happening. That's what's happening. AEW needs to get their shit together. Tonight, or if you're seeing this later, tonight is going to dictate everything. Tonight is going to be the night that we're going to, they, I've, like I just read earlier, earlier, no later than the end of tonight, the end of Wednesday, we are going to know the fate of a lot of people. I was listening to JD, um, JD NY, you know, y'all know how I feel about him, but you know what? The one thing I would say about him, he's very passionate with his, with his stuff. He's, and that's what I that's kind of what I like about him is his passion behind it. But I also kind of say that when Vince McMahon was in charge, he was saying a lot of wild shit about him. But I get it. He is a person that's in the business. He is. JD is in the business. He's done work. He's commentated. So he's he knows the 
he knows the ins and outs. That would be like me when it comes to podcasting, when it comes to content creating, when it comes to media. That's how I am. He said he was reading reports while he was live, and he was saying, "It's un- we've never seen something like this before. It's unprecedented. People are nervous. People are worried. We find out later on today what's going to happen. And I hope for the best that it's just a suspension. And if he is gone, good riddance, because it's what he did. He brought this on himself. He did. You know? But um, with all that being said, man, let me know what y'all think about all this madness that's going on in the world of wrestling, in the world of AEW. Um, Make sure that if you haven't subscribed to this page, subscribe to this page. Once you subscribe, if you like the video, hit the like button. And if you have not been updated or get your notifications on when I'm dropping content, make sure you hit that notification bell. Make sure you follow Royal Club on Instagram, RCW underscore podcast. Like I said, this is going to be my solo. I'm probably going to do another solo after this because after this, we're going to hear more about it. And then I'm pretty sure the ace is going to give you his two cents. And then we will come back next week together. The greatest tag team podcast duel in the world will be back together to give y'all another entertaining episode of Royal Club. He is I. I'm the franchise. I will talk to y'all later. Make sure y'all check out Dynamite and the rest of wrestling for the rest of this week. I'm out. Later.